Phoenix Overlook Pop Culture. And um, welcome to episode 96. It has uh, been a few weeks. Um, I was on vacation, decided to take another week off, and well, certain somebody was also on a vacation of their own after winning a certain contest. Yep. And you went all the way to Colorado, so uh, so uh, how did it feel, first of all, being you know that high up in the air? Uh, well, the only problem I really had was that uh, I, I got lightheaded, and um, they, they warned anybody who's getting ready to go to Denver or Colorado or anything like that, anywhere where it's high elevation, to drink plenty of water, especially if you're not used to it. And... So I didn't drink too much water. I probably should have drank more. But uh, I was mostly just lightheaded and had a headache every now and then. But other than that, it wasn't it wasn't too hard to adjust to. Just a, well, since I was still kind of recovering from a cold, um, I had a little bit of trouble breathing. But other than that, I mean, it wasn't too bad. Um, you won the uh, System 76 fan contest. Um, you, yep. you did the funny meme. And... Yep. And you got to visit at their headquarters. You got to um, experience some really interesting things. Um, Like, what all did you get to do there for starters? There was all kinds of stuff. Um, Had I been able to make my first flight, which I made the mistake of uh, being late, like five minutes for the check-in time. So I (laughs) sat in the airport for five hours in Kansas city waiting for my next flight because the next flight was supposed to depart. I was supposed to be in Denver by 1030 their time, 1030 AM. And my flight didn't actually arrive until four 20 something, but it was supposed to leave at one 30 and didn't actually leave until three. So, First, first problem was my mistake. Second problem was the flight got delayed an extra hour and a half. The flight delay got to put me on. So I didn't get till into Denver, Colorado, into downtown until about 5.36, and that's when I arrived at the hotel. So it was already dark. And then from there, we, uh, all of us went to – there's a place there called Union Station where uh, Amtrak actually goes through. And there's a bunch of stuff there. There's a bunch of shops. They had like sold ice cream uh, waffle cones that were like this big. I didn't get a chance to get one. I should have. <laughs> um, there was burgers. There was uh, all kinds of stuff. And there was a bar, the terminal bar. I have got some pictures of it. Um, and they also had a shuffle, two shuffleboard tables in the middle. So we all went there. I, I met them there. So I was standing outside waiting on them. And the weirdest thing, <laughs> I'm standing outside, and this is actually illegal by their laws, but I'm standing outside and I catch a whiff of something. And I'm like, what, what is that? It's like, I know exactly what that is. <laughs> There's some dude smoking pot, like not even, but like a few feet from me, just standing out there smoking pot. And I, could, I could smell it. Like, here, it's a, well, I mean, there it's illegal to actually smoke pot outside, but here it's completely legal, <laughs> like no smoking pot at all. There they're just like, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's such a cool place. Um, the only thing, I don't think I would want to live there because it's so packed. It's There's three million people in the metropolitan area alone, and that's just in the main part of Denver. 
Um, that's not including outlying suburbs and everything like that. Um, but it was, it was a really cool town. Back to the bar. So we went to the bar. That's when I finally got to meet everybody. Um, there were, uh, there were, uh, let's see, 10 winners. Only one, one woman. <laughs> she was brilliant, by the way. Uh, found out she, um, she was an intern at NASA. Uh, she had created, she had worked on a remote telescope. I think she used a Raspberry Pi for it, if I'm not mistaken. I don't, I don't remember. She got a video on YouTube. I, I looked at it for a little bit. It was really neat. Um, another guy did, uh, wrote a letter on his blog explaining why he should win and why he should go to System76. I think he had been following the company since they started 10 years ago. Uh, just last month, I think, was their 10th birthday, so their 10th anniversary since they started in 2005. Um, another guy did an app. Like, two guys worked together. One guy made the icon, which is the, the, the start of the app, and then the other guy did all the code for the app and everything like that. It was that, that that was pretty neat. It was like pulling all the information from the their website, live website. And they don't have an API or anything like that. So basically, he would have had to like parse all the HTML and stuff like that. I got to see that running in action. It was really neat. Um, uh, but anyway, back to the bar. So we were there at the bar. Uh, I got I got myself a drink. I got a beer. That's all I had was one beer. <laughs> one of the other guys was getting pretty drunk. <laughs> he was a cool guy, but he was getting drunk. Um, and I, what was it called? I think it was, um, Big Ben draft or something like that. It was a really dark beer, like really, really dark. Think like the Guinness bottle, like not the actual beer that's in the Guinness, the Guinness bottle, like black. It was like dark brown black. Oh, wow. But it was amazing. It was so good. It was like the best beer I've ever had. Supposedly there's like tons and tons of breweries around Colorado there in Denver. Um, and, there's so much competition with that. There's tons of, there's tons of shops and all kinds of stuff right there in downtown where I was at, where I got to walk around. I didn't get to see too much because like I said, I was, I missed my first flight. So I didn't get to get there and hang out and actually see all the computers. The first day I got a quick tour the next day. Um, so after that, we, we sat down, we talked, we played shuffleboard. My first experience playing shuffleboard, to meet some of the guys on the team, um, got to talk with him, met the CEO there. He played shuffleboard with me, um, him and a couple of the other guys. And uh, I got to meet uh, the guy that does the YouTube channel, The Linux Gamer. He's a really cool guy. Uh, if you haven't seen his channel, check it out. It's pretty neat. Um, I have a cameo on Paris in one of his videos. <laughs> he told me on Facebook, so I checked it out. Uh, it, was, it was really neat. It was the tour that the CEO gave us since – his, his flight, I think he had some issues, not just not because he was late or anything, but he, he came from all the way from Maine. So he had to hop on a flight from Maine. I think he had to go to New York and then from New York to, uh, I think he had to get to St. Louis and then hop a flight from there. I don't remember. I just know he, he had to leave like an extra day early. It can be a pain. Um, uh, we went to visit my my sister and I went to visit my dad one year in Oklahoma, and we made the mistake of attempting to fly. And if you don't leave early enough, they will, you know, you 
you're going to miss your flight. Um, I found that out the hard way. <laughs> like you, you could be standing in line minutes before and still be screwed. Um, so that, that is a pain in the rear. Um, I, I don't think I would want to try to fly again if I could help it because of that fact alone. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Uh, the plane that I was on was pretty cramped. Um, Thankfully, the flight there, like this really tiny girl sitting next to me, so I didn't have to worry about like being cramped. <laughs> She's really tiny, so I didn't have to worry about that. And she slept the whole way, so it wasn't awkward. Um, and then the flight on the flight back, uh, it was at seven forty something p.m. was when it departed. I think seven forty nine. I didn't actually get here until ten thirty p.m. I didn't make it to um, Kansas City until 10.30 p.m., which was our time. And they're, they're, they are um, mountains, so they're an hour behind, I think. Um, so, like, it left 7.49 their time, which would have been 8.49 our time. Uh, so I, I got to experience time zones and had to sit there and think about that the whole time. Uh, that, that made it interesting and fun. Uh, but anyway, the flight back, there was this guy. I was walking down the aisles. There was this guy, I saw this guy with an empty seat, and I had a window seat, and the empty seat was the window seat. And I'm looking at him, and he's this really big dude. He's, like, really big. And I'm looking over there, I'm like, uh-oh, that's that's my seat. <laughs> and I'm a pretty good big guy myself, and I don't know if you've, you guys have ever been on a plane before, but seats are tiny. Like, I, I barely fit inside one of those seats, if I'm, like, really squeezed. But it's me, me, a big guy like me, and then a bigger guy <laughs> that was sitting on the outside seat. Oh, but yeah. Thankfully, two people didn't show up for the flight, so he was able to go to the back and get another seat. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. That's. <laughs> the ride home wasn't too bad. That. So you, so you didn't get to. You didn't. You said you didn't get to play with their newer systems the first day. Did you get to look at them at all? Yeah, I got to look at them a little bit, uh, not too much, because the the day that we went there, the way things were scheduled was that after we left the bar, we went back to the hotel, and everybody kind of just went back and did their own thing. We got to the hotel that evening, uh, Thursday evening at about ten something. So I don't remember when I went to bed. I think close to midnight. I always have trouble sleeping in hotels anyway. It's not, not the bed that I'm in, so it's not the bed I'm used to. And it was a really fancy hotel, though. I had tons of pictures, and I'm going to share them with everybody eventually. Um, but the next morning, I got up, and then I met with um, the one lady that went to NASA. Uh, ate breakfast with her, and um, this guy named Nathan. He was a really cool dude. I think he was from Tennessee or Kentucky. I don't know. I do, don't remember. But uh, we ate at uh, they had a uh, breakfast place right there inside the restaurant, and it was it was called Ellington's. And so I got an omelet that morning, which was seventeen dollars. <laughs> Thankfully, it was included with the price of the hotel and everything, but. Uh, I should have gotten like something smaller because it was huge too, and it was good. I think, <laughs> I think it was called the Denver Omelet. 
I don't remember, but uh, they also gave me this little smoothie thing. Like the whole place was just way too fancy for me. And so I was way, I was out, out of my environment. <laughs> I was somewhere I wasn't used to. And then uh, I was in this hotel that was just hopped up and it was just super awesome. <laughs> so fancy. Like if, if you get a chance to take a look at the pictures, you'll see what I mean. Um, it, it was called the Brown Palace Hotel where we stayed. Um, it was just a few blocks down from where their headquarters was. But anyway, after we ate breakfast, the rest of us all met up and then headed towards the office to be there at about 10. And then that morning, we all met at a round table with the, all the employees that are at System 76 and the CEO. We got to talk. Everybody got to talk and give their input. We gave our thoughts on um, Ubuntu convergence and convergence as a whole. So the whole idea. So uh, things got brought up about like Windows and Windows con- continuum and how that's working. And then Apple's sort of kind of view on uh, convergence and how that works with like how your Mac can interact with your phone. And that's what we think uh, Apple's view of convergence is. And so everybody got to share their thoughts on what they thought convergence was and uh, the direction of the company canonical to kind of see where system 76 wanted to put point their nose and head the head that direction. Um, I got to play with a Ubuntu phone running on a, it was a Nexus four, two Nexus fours. Uh, so that was really neat. I hadn't actually been able to do it with a physical phone. So that was, it was a neat experience. It was actually pretty snappy, especially with the, state of the code the way it is now. Um, and after after we got done with the round table, we had a lot of discussion going back and forth on that and all kinds of other ideas going around, um, like what System76 should do with their company and what, what direction should they have. Um, uh, if there's any new devices that they need to come out with. And, uh I think the outcome of that was that they're going to keep focusing on what they're doing because if they decided to go into the, the phone market, since they focus on laptops and desktops and PC computing strictly, if they decided to go into the phone market, they, since they're such a small company, it'd be very difficult for them to pursue that. And uh, for them to be su- successful, they need to keep doing what they're doing. And they're doing a great job of what they do. They really are. Um, so after the round table, I finally, that's when I got the tour of the offices in general. Um, got to see like the different workstations where people work, what people do. Uh, they had every new Skylake product laid out on two tables. We started with the Meerkat, which they're now offering with a Core i7. So you can get a low power Core i7 uh, desktop. Meerkat, which I think comes in at, if you order it just with the Core i7 and nothing else, and leave everything else at base. So like the lowest level storage and stuff like that, I think it's about $800 with the Quai 7. It's $500 with the Quai 3, which are both Skylake products and pretty peppy. Um, I didn't get to actually play with anything. I really wish I could have. Didn't have enough time, unfortunately, because I screwed up the day before. <laughs> um, the, the next one up after that was the, uh, let me see, the Sable, their all-in-one system, right, which right. I was very impressed with, um, with the thin thin design that they were able to accomplish. 
um, partially because of Skylake and then also because of a new design choice. Um, at the edges of the screen, it was like that thick. It was really, really tiny. Um, but the, the overall thickness, I think it was just, a, just about uh, half an inch to an inch, maybe a little bit more. Uh, but for an all-in-one system, that, that's pretty impressive. Um, and it, it came with a Quai 7 or a Quai 5, I think, was another option. And you could, you could put a solid-state drive in it if you wanted. The next system up after that was the uh, Rattel Pro. I think. I don't remember. It's the, the smaller smaller box system. I believe, I believe that's what it is. Well, I can't remember if they renamed it or not. I'm actually going to have to look it up now. No. I know the one after that was the uh, uh, not the Silverback. That's the most powerful. Um, let's see. Wild Dog is the one that comes after that. Okay, so yeah, it was the Rattel Pro that I got to see, which was Really tiny. It came with a full ATX power supply in the back, and he, uh, the CEO, was able to turn it around and let us uh, see the compact design. It's, I think, it was like less than six inches deep, so it's really tiny. And it came with, I think, it had the option of uh, NVIDIA GTX graphics in it as well. But I don't remember how high you could go. Oh, you can go, not GTX, it only goes up to the NVIDIA GT730, uh, but for the small size, it's pretty impressive. And they only stick with NVIDIA products to keep um, driver problems and firmware issues down to a minimum. And let's see, the next system after that was the, um, the Wild Dog which they had two wild dog systems set up other than the one that was set up as the demo, both of them running um, Ubuntu 15.04 and steam. One was set up to had portal two running on it. And the other one had dark showdown. And then we ended up throwing another game, uh, the Linux gamer, the guy I mentioned earlier, uh, logged into his steam account. And we played, uh, what was it called? Towerfall Ascension. It's a little fun for four-player 2D uh, side-scrolling kind of game, uh, action fighting kind of thing going on. It was really, really amusing, really fun. Uh, I got to beat the crap out of the CEO <laughs> in the game, not physically. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a great experience getting to sit there and play video games. And we we used the Steam controller. We didn't use like Xbox controllers or keyboards. We used the Steam controller. So it was my first experience with the Steam controller, which was impressive. Now, I didn't get to use the actual mouse touchpad because this game didn't support it. It only supported the standard uh, triggers and uh, joystick and um, A, X, B, and Y buttons. Um, but the controller itself, the feel of it was amazing. But I think Steam really hit the nail on the head with the design and I'm going to have to pick one up myself eventually because it's just it's so impressive and so different so I'm going to have to mess around with it and get a chance to play with it with all my, my Steam games, my giant Steam library right. uh, but yeah, they had two of those uh, Wild Dog Pro systems one with a GTX 970, another one with a GTX 980, so NVIDIA's 
almost top tier graphics. Uh, the only thing higher than the 980 is the 980 Ti, and then the Titan X, which shouldn't be really included with <laughs> desktop uh, models. It's really a workstation card, <laughs> being a thousand dollars for just the graphics card itself. Um, then the next system up that they had was um, the oh the demo system for the Wild Dog. The one thing that they were toting with it is it has the option to upgrade to the X99 Intel chipset. So you can get um, really powerful performance from the processor. Okay, no, that one was, I think that one was the, the next one up after that, the Leopard Extreme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it has DDR4 memory, um, so you could you can start out. That's the first system that they offer the X99 chipset with, and the the demo that they were uh, running on that was being able to compile the kernel in 90 seconds. Now, the one thing they didn't mention was like what options they had enabled and stuff like that. So uh, it's assumed that it was a full fledged kernel being able to detect everything and load modules uh, dynamically. Um, and I didn't get to see it in action, actually compiling the kernel in 90 seconds, but considering it's a Skylake product and it's the X99 chipset, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so it's, it's a very, very powerful hardware uh, that Intel's been coming out with lately. It's impressive what System76 is doing. The, one, the next system up after that that they uh, showcased was the uh, uh, Silverback Workstation, which also features the X99 platform. It can, I think this is the one that they were saying can take up to 20 terabytes of storage. Um, and you can also, you have the option of throwing in uh, a PCIe-based scratch drive that runs off of an M2, M.2 slot. So, with, with NVIDIA's NVMe technology, you can, or not NVIDIA, Intel, sorry. Intel's NVMe technology, which is basically a new protocol that allows it to read and write for uh, non-volatile memory. Uh, non-volatile memory is basically like your standard hard drive and solid states and stuff like that. Um, and it increased the performance of it, allowing up to like 2.2 gigabytes per second, I think is the fastest I've seen so far. And that's the actual reads and writes, not the theoretical performance of the bus. So it's pretty impressive. And then after that, they showed, they showed us the Serval workstation, which came with a, uh, it's their first laptop or it's their highest end laptop, I should say, um, which comes with a full fledged Intel Core i7 6700K desktop grade processor in a laptop. And uh, it's it's absolutely amazing. You can I think you can get um, Quadro graphics on that because it's, it's based. It's set up to be a workstation PC uh, laptop. So maybe just GPU, uh, GeForce GPUs. Oh no, you yeah you have the option of Quadros. Um, and the demo they have on their site is um, running uh, image rendering with uh, uh, I'm not sure what program it is, but it's 
compares it to like a MacBook Pro and MacBook Pros look super slow. But even the MacBook Pro doesn't have Skylake products yet. So Okay, so, okay, so I'm looking at this, this now. now. And, and current options I see are like a, a GTX 970M or GTX 980M. I'm assuming that their stuff is not quite for sale yet. Am I right? Um, I think most of their stuff is ready to actually be sold and bought. Um, if you go to the configuration, you can... Oh, okay. So, yeah, it is just the 970M and 980M. It mentioned it on, I think that was probably a previous model. Might be a mess up on their part, but um, you can get you can get quadro graphics in the Silverback for sure. You have the option of throwing in a quadro or Tesla GPU. And Teslas are really made for um, high-end video rendering and stuff like that, 3D rendering. Um, this Serval workstation is basically meant to be a workstation or a gaming laptop. So something that you wouldn't really carry with you, but it's more of a desktop replacement. And uh, it's just impressive that they were able to get a desktop processor in, in a package as small as it was. It wasn't as thick as you would expect from a workstation grade PC in a laptop, laptop form factor. Uh, then a new product they're getting ready to come out with, which is the next one I can see, is the Orx Pro, which comes with either a GTX 970M or a 980M and uh, NVIDIA G-Sync. So if you're not familiar with NVIDIA G-Sync, I, I may have mentioned it on the show before. I don't remember. Uh, basically, it's an adaptive frame rate technology. So it lets you sync the, the GPU with the screen so you don't have to worry about screen tearing. It's really, really good for video game. Um, uh, AMD also has a solution that's called FreeSync. Um, and the, the primary differences between FreeSync and G-Sync is that G-Sync requires extra hardware. So if you buy like a monitor or a laptop that comes with G-Sync, um, it will only work with NVIDIA, NVIDIA hardware. If you have a FreeSync monitor, it's theoretically, theoretically you could add G-Sync to it, and it will work just fine. Uh, but either way, it's it's, it's pretty impressive, and um, G-Sync allows you to not worry about um, turning on V-Sync as much, so vertical sync, which pre- prevents screen tearing. So and that, the problem with that is that your GPU is actually rendering the game faster than your screen can actually present it to you, so it, it, it looks choppy and doesn't look as good. So, and it bugs some people. Some people don't really have to worry about it too much. Um, and usually that's either a problem with the uh, GPU not being able to put out the frames as quick, which can also cause uh, screen tearing, or the GPU is working faster than the monitor can, can uh, print, the, print all the information out on the screen. So it, it occurs in both situations. And this adaptive freeze, uh, adaptive frame rate technology allows you to sync the workload of the GPU with the monitors, so they're working in tandem rather than one working faster than the other and things getting confused and <laughs> causing screen tearing. So it's an excellent experience. Well, that's pretty. Um, that's pretty cool. I know. I noticed lately on their website, they're like 
financing options and blah, blah, blah. And I'm guessing they're getting, they're starting to grow very well if they're able to do something like that. They had actually hired a new employee a few months before we were able to come and visit them. So they, they have, I think, uh, 14 people that work there. Right. Somewhere between 10 and 14. Um, but getting to meet everybody was the, the most fun part, honestly, out of the entire trip. Being able to talk with a bunch of people that share the, share the same passion about Linux and um, the roundtable discussion was just awesome. Uh, and then uh, I think there were two more systems that, after the Oryx. The Lemur, which is replacing the um, Galago Ultra Pro, basically, and then the Kudu Professional, which is their lowest-end laptop. So if you're looking for something budget-friendly, and all these products have Skylake in them, so everything's getting an upgrade. And some of them are pretty thin. The Lemur is actually really thin. It's pretty impressive. Because I've been, I've been itching to get you know hands-on something with Intel Iris Pro just to see how well that performs, but haven't had that chance yet. Um, I think their Lemur is going to also also have Iris Pro graphics in it. And um, from my experience, I had a friend of mine that had MacBook Pro with Iris Pro graphics, and it's it's impressive. It almost has the same power as a, a dedicated GPU, and part of that's due to some of the technology that's inside it. So it's um, okay. So I don't think their lemur has because I'm. Let's see. Oh, it just went crazy on me. Maybe I should be using Linux instead of Windows. <laughs> uh, let's see. But buddy, well, this is available for pre-order from the looks of it. Um, Some of their systems you can design and buy them right now. Some of them aren't ready yet. And I honestly do not know which ones. Well, this one's HD Graphics 520, but that's not quite Iris Pro. But Actually, when you compare it to the previous gen Iris Pro Graphics, it's, it's just about as comparable. The only thing the Iris Pro Graphics can offer over the Intel 520 or 530 series HD Graphics is Intel embedded 128 megabytes of DRAM, on the processor. So your processor normally comes with levels of cache, uh, cache memory. So you have your level one cache, your level two cache, and then sometimes level three, depending on the, uh, uh, the processor. Uh, it depends on the, the, the performance, like where Intel or AMD in this case also, uh, places their product. So if, if it contains level three cache, it is one of their higher performing products because level three cache is pretty high speed and it's available for the entire processor, not just an individual core. Uh, level one cache is per core. So you have a certain amount of cache for each processing core. Level two is usually shared by a couple uh, processors or for an individual core. And then level three cache is for the entire core or entire processor. And then in the case of 
uh, Iris Pro graphics or anything that has Iris Pro graphics. It contains that embedded DRAM that I was talking about, which is a higher capacity. And each level is also higher capacity. The only problem with moving up in each level is the latency. You have more of a latency issue, and it gets closer and closer to the latency of like your system system memory, which is located off the chip, and that's a performance penalty with that. But usually, when it um, when like a user like us who are just doing web browsing or video gaming and stuff like that, the latency isn't going to cause an issue with memory bandwidth. So. The, the embedded DRAM just really helps out the integrated graphics that are on the chip, and you can store um, a few textures and some things here on that chip that will allow it to, instead of having to go back out to the system memory and pull it back in and then redraw a frame, it can draw right there from the CPU, so it's much quicker. It improves the frame rate. That kind of pulled up the the poster you were showing me earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're actually selling it, too. Oh, are they? For twenty bucks, which is pretty neat. Um, yeah, if, if you guys decide that you want a System Seventy Six PC, uh, what you can do is when you go and order your PC uh, in the comments after you've configured it and everything, put in System Seventy Six Fan, and you'll be able to receive that poster that Thomas is showing you. If you guys are on YouTube. If not, uh, you'll be able to catch it on our Facebook page or Google Plus page. Uh, and you'll be able to get this poster for free. Um, it's pretty neat. It, it's uh, got a bunch of characters and stuff that they've, they've made. One of them is called Melvin, their desktop sentinel. Like you, you can get this cut out of them that folds back. And I have one at my desk at work now because I, I got a bunch of freebie stuff from going there. So he sits over my desk and helps me work. But yeah, you, you get a free poster if you guys order uh, whatever system. It's not it's not limited to just like desktops or laptops. It's whatever th- whatever you buy, and you put in System seventy six fan, you'll get that poster shipped out with your product. Which which you know right here it it's you know showing the kind of in the background, kind of blurry a little bit, but at the bottom is. Their, their website, system76.com, super-powered by Ubuntu, designed and custom-built by System76, the best machines in any universe. <laughs> and to experience all the machines, I'd have to say the quality is above and beyond what you get from a standard OEM. Um, <coughs> you, met, you, all, you mentioned the roundtable discussion you all had. Um, did rivals such as the reason come up? Cause I know they, they kind of sort of tried to expand out into say the tablet market. They offered a tablet a couple of times that was supposed to be hackable and everything else. Uh, nobody at the table brought anything up like that. Um, didn't really talk too much about the competition really. Right. Uh, I feel like, uh, now, honestly, I haven't had the chance to mess with anything that's a reason or any other company that offers Linux machines, uh, with the exception of one guy there had a Dell, uh, one of the new Dell XPS 13s with the Infinity display, uh, which was, it had <laughs> all kinds of issues, and it, and it wasn't because of the operating system. It turns out it was a BIOS issue, 
basically if you're typing it could it could just hit a random key just add a add a random key into whatever you were typing so end up random gibberish it was supposedly really really uh, a really really horrible issue at the beginning when they first released the the device but um <laughs> they kept, we kept making jokes, uh, the CEO and then a couple of the guys that were standing around with the guy that had the Dell laptop about this is the competition that we're up against is Dell. Look at what they're doing. All of all of um, System 76's products, you won't get an issue like that. And if you just won't because then they, they go through some pretty rigorous testing. Um, uh, I forgot what uh, Carl, the CEO, called it in, um, Fire, fire test bench or something like that, but they go they go some really rigorous testing and they uh, they do some quality quality products. So, and they make sure all the hardware is not going to have a problem. That's why they stick to Intel and Nvidia products. Not that there's anything wrong with AMD, and, um, but it's just it's easier for them to stick to one um, company that offers something. So Intel and NVIDIA, I mean, you could do one with just AMD, but AMD drivers and Linux can be pretty hairy. I mean, the same goes for NVIDIA. It just all depends about your experience and if your products are up to date. But I think NVIDIA is starting to kind of catch up and actually try with with the Linux community. So that's why everything is the same. But for the longest, longest time, NVIDIA... They they actually you know were among the few companies that actually put out a driver for their products and then and then well <coughs> various projects kept moving faster than well they were moving so that kind of didn't help. Come on, you turd! Can't just sit down on the ground, can you? But um. But yeah, I I have ha- I only had experience with Aza Reason System Mega Lap years ago, and I wrote it for Linux.com before um, that portion of SourceForge was purchased by the Linux Foundation. Um, that was like a f- years back, so so I, I was I wondered if because you mentioned they were getting into thinking about maybe going with mobile devices trying to sell some or trying to decide whether to do that or not and getting feedback from you all probably helped a lot in that area. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not that I don't think they should pursue it. It's just, I don't think it would be a viable option for them to pursue it at the moment, just because of them being such a small company. And since they have had so much success with, the desktop and laptop models that they offer. And they also offer servers too, which they had a few of them running and they use for all, I think they use it for all the stuff that they do. Um, it's just, it, it'd be better for them to stick, stick to what they're used to and stick to what they're doing right now. They're going to have more success and maybe in the future, if they can continue to grow, they might be able to offer something different. And one thought that came up was maybe offer like a two in one device, which would be the best um, niche for them to uh, branch out into, not like uh, a tablet or a phone or something like that. So, 
or or maybe even partner with a another company that specializes mainly in mobile devices like phones and tablets and such. That would be an option, but um, that that didn't come up, and I'm not sure who they would partner with. Um, another another thing that we brought up was that if you go to Ubuntu's site, especially with like the 15.04 release, um, the system that's featured on their page is actually like a Dell system, like a Dell XPS, right? Which, which was the new one that I was mentioning that had issues, um, and they've actually been pretty frustrated that they're not one of their systems is not representative of the company. And we all kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, They've reached out to Mark Shuttleworth a few times to try and see if they can work something in and they might have some success with that. I don't, um, but they're, they're actually pretty close with canonical. They keep in touch. Um, to keep their firmware update and software and stuff like that and make sure everything works right um, as a company. That way they can keep up with the direction where everything is going. Yeah. I, I remember reading on Shuttleworth's blog a long time ago that he, he did compliment him. Um, it was right after, right after, you know, they announced that Dell was going to be offering a Ubuntu on their systems and it, at the time it seemed like a very big deal saying, yeah, there's, you know, companies like wonderful companies like system 76, um, explaining, justifying it with, you know, Dell has really big market exposure, really big deal. Um, and then the stories came in about how in some cases people had to jump through hoops just to order a Dell with Ubuntu on it. Um, and everything else. And it's just like, what? But yeah, that's the funny thing is like, and even if you get a system like that, I think Lenovo is actually offering systems now that come that you have the option to uh, have Ubuntu pre-installed. But with a lot of the situations like that, sometimes it's not going to come out of the factory uh, working like you would expect it to. Um, with System Seventy Six, uh, most of the people that were the winners that had the opportunity to go there actually had a System Seventy Six PC. Which I don't yet. Uh, I'll get one eventually when I have some <laughs> some extra money. Right. Expensive, and the one I want is more expensive because I really want that Snapdragon workstation. <laughs> I just want that four core seven in a laptop. But uh, if you buy a system from them, if you buy a PC from them, you're not going to have issues. You're not. The only issues you would have is from the open source software and Ubuntu. You're not going to have issues with the hardware. They make sure everything works together. And lately Ubuntu has been more and more focused on making sure that everything works rather than trying to introduce too many new features. And that's been a trend for the last uh, year and a half, two years, I'd say Since, uh, 13, 1304. Yeah. I've, you know, I've noticed the stories where it's just, it's another boring release, but but you know, under the hood, there's a few newer things here and there. But you know, nothing, nothing earth shattering. They're it's like they're going out of their way to not irritate their user base at all, which can understand that because yeah. um, I think they've learned uh, the disaster of you know well unity in the first place. Like 
oh, this is working so great for, you know, netbooks. Let's make this the norm for a desktop before it was ready to be used. And then they started updating it and it got more stable. Yeah, when it, when it first came out, that's when I actually started to branch out to use other desktop environments because all I was used to was I was only used to Ubuntu and Ubuntu came with no 2.0 at the time to something. I think it was like 2.2 was the latest release. But um, uh, it was it had so many issues. So It was so buggy with the 11.04 release from four years ago. Um, so I ended up switching over. I think the first thing I switched over to was XUbuntu. From that point on, I've been a really big fan of XFCE. But over the over the years, even like about a year after Ubuntu decided to do the, do the whole Unity thing with 12.04, the first LTS release that had Unity in it, they had a lot of fixes and a lot of updates and stuff like that. And over the course of the life of 12, uh, 12.04, um, it just kept improving, kept improving. And now, honestly, it's, it's, and there wasn't an issue, and all of us agreed on this in the round table, there wasn't an issue with the actual functionality of Unity. The problem was that it was so big, and it wasn't ready to be on, on, in the system yet. They should have stuck to GNOME until it was 100% ready to go. But, and, yeah, because like KDE also released like you know KDE four when it came out, it came out before it was really really ready, and they've since been more since have you know come back and been able to improve upon that. Um, but yeah, I've and then there was GNOME three where they kind of forged ahead, irritated a lot of people. A lot of people don't like change, <laughs> unfortunately. But yeah, it's it's the way it goes. The open source community is always changing and is always always moving forward. So if you're a big fan of open source, you better be prepared for the ride because it's always going to be changing. New technology is going to be coming out. Um, con- you said convergence came up. Mm-hmm. What was the consensus regarding what convergence should be in general? It was kind of mixed. Like, I don't think we really ever came together on the, the idea of what it is. Um, I think most people kind of felt like um, convergence should be not um, not like, okay, Ubuntu was really pushing the idea of having a computer in your pocket. So, like, when they came out with the Ubuntu Edge and they were pushing that on uh, Indiegogo for their Kickstarter campaign and it was designed to be a system that you could carry around with as your phone, had a ton of storage, processing power, RAM, everything, all at your fingertips, and then be able to go to work, dock it into a system with a keyboard and mouse and this, your full-fledged work machine so you can do your work program, uh, rendering or whatever, just do whatever you need to do, then take it back home and then dock it at home if you want to and do some do some whatever work you do at home or use it for your, as your TV. And Ubuntu's idea was that it was supposed to be the universal device. And a lot of us agreed that that's probably not the case of what um, convergence should be. Um, and then, like I said earlier, Apple was brought up in the way that we think Apple views convergence as 
you have you have a device that's strictly for one thing. Like my machine that I'm on right now is my gaming machine. That's what its primary purpose is. My Mac was for for school and work. I mean, I can't take it to work with me because of my company and the different story. Um, my phone is my phone. I have some games on it, but it's mostly my device that I carry in my pocket. If I need to do something real quick, I just look it up on my phone. But am I going to play like uh, Fallout Four on my phone? No, <laughs> no. It doesn't have that power. It doesn't. It's that's not its use case. So. Uh, there was, I think, there was a more people that kind of felt leaned toward that uh, feeling that each device has its specific use, and that's kind of the thing that Apple's kind of doing. Your phone is your phone, your laptop is your laptop that you travel with, your desktop is what you do your heavy work on gaming, um, and then some of us were talking a little bit about like two in ones and um, uh, docking laptops and. The idea of bringing a phone, being able to dock it, and have that be your primary device, your only device, was, uh, and for most of us, we feel that's scary. But um, for like the most of the community, it might actually be a thing that some people would like. So it's not sure where everything's really going to go because Windows has got their continuum, which is basically their idea is that it's all one code base. So the convergence thing is that the interface can be different, but from the back end, all the code's the same. Everything, the functionality is exactly the same. Like you get the same experience on a tablet that you would on a phone and on a desktop, even though the interface is slightly different. Like, and you can see that now with Windows 10 more than anything, which is what uh, Microsoft kind of failed on with Windows 8.1. Because like, to me, I thought, convergence was supposed to be somewhat of a consistent experience across multiple platforms. It could be for different things, different purposes. And Windows 10, they pulled it off a little bit better than say their previous version. <laughs> 10, 10, now you, ha- you still have like tiles in the start menu. But you don't have to worry about that so much anymore. Now, right. now you have, you've got a start menu again, which people are so used to. But on a phone, that's all you have is just your start menu, but it's got tiles. And, and it looks just the same. And that, that's the Microsoft really kind of actually did a good job. And we, most people didn't talk about Microsoft. We tried to avoid that because it's <laughs> it's the open source community. We want to talk about open source. We don't want to talk about Microsoft, that evil company. <laughs> right. It didn't get brought up too much, but it did get brought up a little bit. Just as I guess in that c- case, we did bring up a little bit about competitors. So Apple and Microsoft were brought up, but anything else in terms of like the open source community or like um, competitor, direct competitors to System76, nothing actually was mentioned, so, which I found interesting. I did think about it, but I didn't think about it too much because. I have had no experience with um, the reason. No. True. Because, <laughs> like, from what I've read about Continuum, you, do- you dock it to a display and what have you, you get a desktop-like experience, but it's not necessarily the full OS. Like, you might be able to run their, what do they call it? 
it's their equivalent to universal apps for like OS 10 where it, you know, where you use one code base for all devices as well. Uh, kind of like their office platform, what they're doing with office 365. That Yeah. Windows universal binaries is what it is. Okay. And whereas with Ubuntu's, you know, mobile OS, they, you can in theory be running full binaries of other software if you really want it to, unless my interpretation's mistaken. So that that would be an opportunity right there. Because Apple doesn't Apple doesn't do it. In fact Apple has no interest in having full OS ten on any of their mobile devices or a two in one. Um they they've said that's you know that's not what their customers are wanting at the moment so you know that so they're not going to do that um of course, of course they also said surface book pro 4 or whatever was they're making a big mistake on that but whatever well the microsoft the surface tablet the all the way up to the surface pro 4 uh, they've had kind of ups, ups and downs. With the latest release, the Surface Book, the Surface Pro 4, um, functionality and performance and everything has improved a lot. And the problem, though, is Microsoft is competing against other OEMs that have experience in the field. And Microsoft has never really been much for hardware with the exception of keyboards and mice. Um, and then they also released the new Surface Book, which is supposed to compete with like the MacBook Air and other light um, laptops, not two-in-ones, which is what the Surface Pro really targets. Um, you, so what else, what else did you get to do at headquarters? Um, I, I didn't mention the Steam controller. Um, we, we, we had lunch there after we did the the round table. I got to view, uh, tour the offices. Um, they, they had set up something really, really neat that was running on a Bonobo extreme, one of the laptops, the previous gen laptops. Um, they had a projector and a connect sensor. And I've got a video and I've got some links that I'll share with, uh, with you, Thomas, so you can share with all the viewers. Um, uh, of basically it's a projector that projects onto this, uh, a little tiny sandbox that they had on the table with a connect sensor. And what it did was that you can take this the sand and then you can like form land and it draws basically like a topographical map on top of that using the connect sensor to sense the depth of everything. And it would draw water, um, land, you could make it rain, you could um, create rivers and stuff like that uh, based on how you move the sand and stuff like that. It was really, really cool. Um, it was awesome to play with, and they set that up just for us. <laughs> it was really neat, and all of it was running off of open source software, so uh, running on one of the Bonobo extremes, and everything was done in real time. So if you get to see the video, it's it's impressive. It's very impressive what they were able to accomplish. Um, other than that. Um, I think that pretty much covered it. Other than um, 
I was able to take a test. They had a Raspberry Pi with an Arduino board hooked up to it with um, a a simple EKG sensor, uh, EKG unit that would check your heart rate and stuff like that to determine whether or not you're human. (laughs) So uh, Dr. Emma, uh, one of the employees, had uh, a series of questions, and it was randomized based on each individual. I mean, it wasn't specific to the individual, but... uh, some of them, each some of them, every person had to answer, and uh, there were some pretty funny questions. Uh, there were all kinds of crazy results. I was 100% human. Um, some other people were 100% cyborgs, and then very few were 100% <laughs> robots. And it was it was the test was to determine whether or not you were human, human robot or cyborg. Yeah. It was based off of your answers and your your reaction to the answers. They called it a lie detector test which is what it was and checked your heart rate and stuff like that. They sat you underneath a heat lamp. And um, the first thing that she did is uh, she asked me if I was comfortable. I had uh, a sensor here on this arm, here on this arm, and then on my right ankle. And uh, so she first asked me if I was comfortable. I said, yes. And then she threw a bunch of confetti on me. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting under the seat. There. And so, so to try and make you um, kind of sweat and start being nervous and stuff, get your heart going. Would you quit? You complain. God. <laughs> so. But I think that pretty much covers the entire trip. It was really fun. I would do it again on a heartbeat. Although you, you sounds like you would probably drink a little bit more water this time around. Yeah, yeah, being a little lightheaded and having a headache every now and then was a bit of a pain in the butt. But it was still overall, it was worth it. It really was. Got to meet a lot of cool people. Um, uh, got to talk with a lot of people who share the same passion about Linux and open source software. And, uh, talk about all kinds of things. We talked about Android phones. Um, a lot of them thought my phone was pretty neat. The Asus Zen phone. It's got four gigs of RAM that I'll never use. Um, so it was just it was just a great experience. I, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. I really would. And you said, which system are you looking at to possibly get from them? Uh, well, not any time in the near future, but looking at maybe getting this Serval W uh, workstation. So the the one that has the desktop processor and the laptop. <laughs> just because I'm impressed with that. It comes with DDR4. You can get a GTX 980M in it. Because so. if, if anything, I might consider the Sable system because it's all in one. And it's, The Sable was very impressive in terms of its uh, uh, size. It was tiny. like It was thin. And they, they might even have pictures on it this time. The back, uh, back of the PC, white. Because I, yeah, they've got all kinds of ports on there. I guess, I guess they got they got a DVI port in case you want a second monitor. Yeah, the the pictures that they have on the website right now are of the old Sable. The new Sable, they don't have anything on there yet. Which oh. is thinner and it has the Skylake products. Oh, okay. So it's this so their website's not updated for that one yet. Maybe because they haven't started producing it yet. Some of the other things are on pre-order. I think the works pro. I don't think it's out yet. But, um, all, all of everything was just amazing. Just 
what they were able to accomplish. But yeah, that that'd be one thing I'm I'd look at to be like, okay, this is my first experience with them because I have never had any experience with their products. It's just I've I ran into it doing a search one day and and then suddenly I started seeing them advertised through you know other websites on their AdSense account and everything else. And I'm like, oh, cool. And they kept popping up more and more. So um, sounds like their future is pretty bright. So I'm a, pretty excited. They're doing some pretty amazing things. And uh, I'm, I'm going to love to see what they can continue to do. So basically keep it going nice and steady, slow and steady growth. Um, and and then just hopefully hopefully canonical starts, you know, free featuring them a little bit more. They need to. I hope so. Um, another thing that came up in the discussion was uh, marketing. And that was, if anything, that was their fallback was that they, they haven't been marketing to the right audience. Maybe but, um, it's, it's something they're going to try different. <laughs> but then again, I think word of mouth has helped them. Oh yeah. That's, that's their primary customers is people who've heard about them from word of mouth and, um, hardcore, uh, people that love it. Like, like me, uh, you and then everybody else that I got to meet there. It was just, it was pretty impressive. It was pretty amazing. So that's, and now you've been trying to add every, everybody that you've met. (laughs) Yeah. I'm having trouble finding some of them. Couple of them I've been able to meet, and they're fine on Facebook. And be able, we've gone back and forth talking a little bit. I have one of the guys' phone numbers. He he swore up and down that we'd probably met each other before, which I don't remember meeting him. But um, he's a really cool guy. He was the one that uh, uh, started Minecraft, uh, Minecraft AI, and he was one of the guys that was there. Really cool guy. Really cool guy. Like like he looked. He's like, wait, I know you from somewhere. Like was Basically, he in? That was his field. He was he was in Missouri then for a time or what? He actually lives in North Kansas City right now. So. Okay, so he he had lived before. He had lived here at one point. Oh wow! So small yeah, world. I think he was from Missouri, and then. The CEO of the company was actually from Missouri up until he was like ten, I think, if I, if I remember correctly. Wow! <laughs> oh wow! Um, so when they say that um, that you know parts of Missouri is the new Silicon Valley, they weren't exaggerating. <laughs> um, that's like I said, that's a small, small world then. Um. I, th- I think that just about wraps it up for this episode. Um, I got to go grab dinner. And you mentioned Fallout 4. Um, <laughs> yeah, but probably going to play it again as soon as I get off here. <laughs> I've already um, got um, Curtis, the other co-host on here. He's been playing it real well. I, I pre-ordered it, so I had access to it the day it came out. I even sacrificed three to four hours of my sleep that next day. 
I can keep playing it after launch. Um, so, and I've got about 30 hours into the game so far. I love every second of it, and I'm going to keep playing. And so you mentioned wanting to do something, a follow-up regarding that, and I think that's a good idea. And I really hope that we can get Curtis in on it so we can get his his impression. I've talked to him a little bit about it so far, and uh, his his opinion on it. And I think if we, we, we get to sit down and talk about it a little bit so that way the viewers can hear our opinions on it and, uh, maybe gets gets your opinion on based on what we we talk about. Maybe you can do some research yourself on the game. Oh yeah, um, there, there's already already the joke about the Pip Boy app and how you can use it to screw with uh, people who are playing the game and not spending time with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, already, already. That's awesome. Hmm. And, and the epic epic faces that that you can create. Uh, so oh, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff all over Facebook about that already. <laughs> I've seen somebody make Hulk Hogan, and I've seen somebody make John Cena. Or actually, you know, I saw. A, uh, I think it was a Photoshop John Cena face on something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like oh, oh man! I think it was the unexpected Cena uh, Facebook page. <laughs> Well, until until then, um, entertain yourself, educate yourself, and empower yourself. Um, uh, send me those links that you mentioned, and I'll make sure that they're included in the YouTube video in the archives, and then they'll be, be available in the show notes, um, especially your cameo appearance, because that um, they, they were there. They des- They deserve a mention and a plug. Linux gamer, right? Yep, the Linux gamer. So if you guys get a chance, check out his check out his YouTube show. He does he plays uh, Linux video games. He does all kinds of video games. He's a really cool guy. Really cool guy. All right, entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself, and we'll talk to you next time. See you guys later. <laughs>